We're sisters, best friends, and authors on a mission to help you stoke your creative fire and live the life of your dreams. We believe that purpose fuels passion and that creativity is your secret weapon for mass construction. There's never been a better time to bless the world with your dream realized. You're listening to The Kate and Abby Show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Kate and Abby Show. Do you ever feel like giving up on your writing? Like maybe you're just not good enough to be a successful author. If so, you're not alone. Many writers doubt their work and feel like quitting at one time or another. And that's why in this episode, we're talking about the four things, maybe even more, but four to start, four things that you have to remember before you give up on your story. Okay, so motivation straight ahead. But before we get started, we have to thank our sponsors who are you. That's right, you guys are the ones who support this show and keep it going. So if you get value out of this podcast, go to patreon.com slash the Kate and Abby show and help us keep this podcast alive and free of interruptions. Okay, so let's get into it. Things to remember when you feel like quitting writing. I think the first thing you have to remember is, like I said in the intro, you're not alone. Right. So many writers feel this way because writing is kind of a lonely art. It is. You know, you don't have a lot of people cheering you on. Usually it's a very um, solitary endeavor. There's a lot of solitude involved in the process of actually writing the book, the process of editing the book. The, that that phase right there, wrapping up a book and editing it can be very discouraging sometimes. And you can want to give up. You could be like, you know what, maybe this isn't as good as I thought, you know, and you can really get down on yourself in that time period. So there's a lot of little, there's ups and downs. It's, you know, there are peaks and there are valleys. And a lot of times you're just in a room by yourself. And so you have to be able to have something to say to the negative voices in your own head. Yeah, because it it really requires a lot of perseverance. I think that things that are lonely arts or lonely sports even require a lot more perseverance than when you have like a whole group effort working together um, because it is helpful to have other people working with you on a thing and motivating you to keep going and cheering you on. There is so much value in that. And when you don't have that, when it's just you and the laptop or you and the notepad, and it's up to you to cheer yourself on, that can be difficult. Yeah. So so definitely you're not alone if you feel like this is just not working. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm really a writer. I don't think this is going to work out. I don't think this is going to be successful. And you feel like throwing in the towel. That's the first thing you want to remember is that you're not alone. There are so many writers who feel like this. And even though it feels like you're alone in your office or your bedroom or wherever it is you write, yes, you are alone in this space, but you're not alone as a writer who feels like giving up because so many writers feel like that. Okay, so it's not not a strange feeling. It's not like, oh, I'm not un- I'm not qualified to do this because I felt unqualified. It like, happens to everybody. We all feel unqualified. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like some of the greatest writers that I look up to or that I've enjoyed their writing so much. You can go find stories about them completely doubting their work, ready to give up on their work, 
being rejected over and over and over again. Yes. And it happens and it happens to the best of us. It's not just, it's not an indicator that you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, exactly. It's not an indicator. And sometimes I think people can, writers can mistake it for an indicator. Like, mm. oh, I feel this, I, I felt that emotion. Oh, I feel it again. Oh, I feel it again. I'm not a writer. That's it. You know, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not a good indicator at all because that happens to everyone. Right. And it's the same, like you brought up sports. Mm. That's a great example because a lot of, there's a lot of tough sports out there that there are many miserable moments. <laughs> where It's like failing, failing, failing. Maybe I'm not ready to do this, but it's the repetition that creates mastery. Mm. Yeah, so true. And sometimes it's not just the internal voices sometimes it's the external voices as well um other people telling you that this is not the thing for you you're not qualified to do this there that's something that has always inspired me so much is people who have done amazing things in history or just writers and creators and inventors people who had great ideas that were told, hey, you're not good at this. You can't do this. You're not qualified to do this. We don't want it. We're not interested. So many success stories of well-known authors that were rejected so many times. J.K. Rowling is like the classic example mm -hmm. of, I think, Harry Potter I think was- Stephen King, too, yeah, was rejected like loads of times. Yeah. And um, yeah, there are so many and stories. And that's an interesting story because of um, the- the internal voices and the external voices. So I know, I think it was his, I think Stephen King's first novel, first published novel um, that he originally threw away the manuscript of the first few pages and was like, eh, not feeling this and threw it away. And his wife like rescued out of the trash and was like, hey, I want to know what happens next. So he continued writing it. And then it went on to get rejected by over 30 publishers <laughs> until it was finally published and then became a success. Um, same with like, Harry Potter was rejected, I think, like 12 times or more. Wow. <laughs> I think J.K. Rowling was told not to quit her day job. Right. <laughs> so you have all these external voices um, and you can't believe any of them because it's like, oh, what, what qualification do you have to tell me that? Right. None. You think I'm unqualified, but what you're saying has actually no substance to it because these people went on to be successful in what they did. Um, and that's that's one of the things that you have to remember is, first of all, what is the source of the external voice telling you, hey, you can't do this? And secondly, why should I believe them? So even if it seems like a legitimate source, like a publisher telling you, hey, we're not interested, um, and it's a publishing house that you really respect, or you, it's like your dream to be published by them, and they're like, no. We're not interested. We don't like this book. <laughs> That's not necessarily something that you should take personally. Like, they are right. Uh, this is awful. I'm an awful author. Like, <laughs> right. No, no, because it might not be the right path. <laughs> you know, that's something to remember too is that yeah. my expectations and even what I want to unfold in on my writing journey has changed dramatically from when I first started out writing for even from when I've published my first book. So just because if you are 
pushing for a certain thing and it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, it's not happening and they're rejecting or, you know, you can't do something regardless of what publishing route, whatever. If something is not working, it might be because that thing is not how it's supposed to happen. Yeah. So that doesn't mean like, oh, you know what, I shouldn't do this. It, it means there might be a better route and there might be something that you need to to take a little time and wait and see what's going to happen. Because th- like before I even published The Blood Race, I had spent a lot of time um, going down quite a traditional path with another book that everything was just like, mm, you know, I'm not feeling this. I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't know if I should be doing it. And I went pretty far down that path um, until I realized, you know, what, I don't want to even, I don't even know that I want to be doing this. So sometimes it's, things don't work because they're not supposed to yet. You know what I mean? Like from what I've found just from the spiritual aspect of chasing your dream, pursuing your goal, a lot of times if you are finding that everything just feels weird and off and you're forcing it and nothing's working out, then step back and take a breather. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be a writer. It means that maybe something else is unfolding and it's going to take its own path. It's going to take time, but it might just be the route that you're trying to push it down isn't the right path. Yeah, that's that's very good advice and so true. And that's something I found to be true in my own life too and career. And that's something to remember that opportunities will open when they're supposed to open. Yeah. I, I firmly believe that what is meant for you does not pass you by. And there may be a door open for you later on, you know, a few steps down the path. So don't quit now before you even get to that part of the path and you have yet to see what doors might be open for you. So it's all about perseverance, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all yeah. of this is really about perseverance. And that's what helps you during the times when you feel like quitting, when you feel like, oh, uh, maybe this isn't, you know, what I need to be doing. Yeah. That if you can find that perseverance and look to what you know to be true about your art, your writing, the reason why you're even doing this, which actually is going to be one of the other points here that we talk about later on. But the reason, the reason behind why you even started doing this, that is what you have to hold in your heart constantly. Um, and that could arguably be the the first one. I mean, these are not in, these things to remember are not in like order of what's the most important to remember, because I think the most important one to remember is why it matters to you. Right. You know, like I always talk about on my channel, um, cause that is what pulls you through the hard days, right? the difficult times, the boring, yeah. slow days when it feels I like, like that, like no the why it matters concept. You should talk about that more. I know. Yeah, I, I never like, talk about I, that. That's really, a, it's a good, <laughs> it's a good little method. <laughs> but no, seriously, it's so important and true. And it goes not only for your writing, but for every single thing yeah. in life. And like, I always loved uh, how Simon Sinek talks about in like his TED talk, like, you know, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Right. And why that speaks to people so deeply is they can connect with it and you can connect with it and you need to connect with that yourself before anyone else does. And so I think that in those moments of what am I doing? 
is this right? Why? Go back to why. Like you always talk about writing it on a piece of paper and putting it somewhere where you can see it. Yeah. Which I think is an excellent idea. And it just creates that visual reminder. Yeah. Um, And I think you can also use things like vision boards to remind you, this is the reality that I want to be manifesting into my work, into my life. Yeah. This is what I want to be attracting. Because something moved you to start doing it in the first place. You know, there was some excitement and passion and drive at the very beginning that made you go, I want to do this. I want to be a writer. I want to write this story or maybe multiple stories. Maybe you have like a whole bunch of story ideas that you were passionate about writing. And now you're feeling like not so passionate anymore, not so motivated anymore, like doubting yourself, doubting your ability. If you could return to the moment when you first set out on this journey and capture that passion, that drive, that is what you need to carry you through the times like this, when you feel drained and burnt out and like you don't trust your own abilities to do this. And it's not being naive. I think A lot of people think, oh, you know, when I first started out, I was so naive. I didn't know anything. I thought this would be easy. I thought this would be, you know, perfect for me. And the thing is, nothing is perfect for anybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, every single path in life, every single career choice has hard days, has difficult times. Every person in the world right now, I don't care how successful or rich they are, they have to get up every morning and do things they don't want to do. So no dream job is perfect 100% of the time. That's just... Right. And perfection is such a subjective um, thing. And uh, like I was listening to a YouTube channel, I think it was uh, Ronald Banks' YouTube channel about minimalism. And he was playing a clip of... um, a, a like Skillshare class he was taking. I can't remember the woman's name, but he was sharing this clip where she was talking about, you know, when along the line did we identify things that are like hard and difficult as like, that's like, oh, this is bad. I need to somehow like get out of this. Mm. Um, maybe we need to redefine our definition of why is hard something that's difficult? Why is that a negative? Right. You know, why can't that easily be made into a positive just by how we're analyzing it, how we're viewing it, the lens through which we're looking at the thing. And I thought, wow, that's really fascinating because I think at least in a lot of Western culture, what you see is this ideal of perfection, like, you know, this this idea of what a perfect job or perfect career, perfect life looks like. And that's what's put out on Instagram and social media and things like that. And people kind of desire that. Mm-hmm. But perfection, quote unquote, perfection for one person, even if they could attain that, would not be, quote unquote, perfection for the next person. So there's actually no one standard of perfection anyway, because perfection actually is just a concept that changes depending on who's thinking of the concept. Do you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, um, with writing, I think a lot of people, a lot of authors, aspiring authors, people just starting out can sort of have this ideal in their mind, but there is no idyllic writing life. There is only 
your particular approach and whatever that is, is fine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, like, it sounds like very simple to say. Right. But there's like, there's no like, there's really nothing that you need to aspire to mm-hmm. unless you want to, then that's fine. So if it's like, oh, you know, I, I want to get really good at plotting or I want to really get good at, you know, following this structure or doing that or I want to be able to to produce two books a year, whatever it is, like that's fine, but it's not necessary. Like there's no pressures to try to be like any other writer because there's no one standard of what it should be. Yeah, because it's art. Exactly. And you're if if you're enjoying your process, you've made it, in, in mm-hmm. my opinion. You know, if you are continuing to create and you're enjoying it, then what more is there to do? Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Um, and success is also, you know, really subjective. So it's important to start from a place where you are defining your own idea of what a successful life looks like and not comparing that to other people, like you're saying, mm-hmm. but just compare it to what you have currently. Are there steps you could take to bring more of that into your reality? Mm-hmm. And if it's just, not really. I'm enjoying myself. I'm writing. I'm enjoying my writing. And I'm working towards either publishing or getting my work out there in another way. Then cool. Like, yeah, that can be it. <laughs> it doesn't have to be some grand. Um, you don't have to meet some grand standard by somebody else, somebody else's standard in order to consider yourself successful, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but I think that one of the most important things to remember when you are thinking about quitting or you're just wanting to give up on your writing, you don't have a lot of confidence in it anymore, is, this is kind of like the why, but a little bit different. Somebody needs your story. And that is one of the biggest driving forces behind why I write and what pushes me through the hard days and helps me to persevere is knowing that somebody is out there and they need to read what I have to write. (laughs) They need to read this story. They need to experience this story. And it'll probably be more than one person. (laughs) Okay, It'll probably be a lot of people need this story. But even if you can just imagine one person in your mind's eye, imagine this one person who needs to hear this story. What if it was you? A while ago, I was listening to, I think, a podcast and somebody said, I'm paraphrasing, but somebody said, what if you could go back in time to when your favorite artist, I think he was talking about music, your favorite artist was going to write the song that you love more than anything in the world, (laughs) your favorite song, your favorite artist. And you could travel back in time to that moment, be in that room, and they were in the middle of writing the song and they got distracted by something like their phone. Let's say they had phones and social media back then and they picked up their phone and they're looking through social media and they don't finish the song. That would be so 
agonizing agonizing right (laughs) you would be standing there screaming at the person don't get distracted don't give up this is going to be the most amazing song ever and it's going to change my life and so many other people's lives and you would have so much passion to make that person persevere (laughs) and finish that song well try to think of your own writing that way when you want to give up when you want to get distracted i'm just going to take a quick break for instagram there's nothing on Instagram that needs your attention. Trust me. Yeah, exactly. Your book, your writing, your story, your heart and soul that you're pouring into your art, that's what needs your attention. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so think about like your favorite writer, your favorite book. If someone gave up on that story before it was done or stopped believing in that story, how would you feel about it? You'd probably have hard feelings. Which there's nothing wrong with taking breaks, of course. Yeah, like we always talk about breaks. Jane Austen put Pride and Prejudice in a drawer for like years. Yeah. How many years was that? I think it was like it 12 was like a years few or years. Yeah, it was a while. And <laughs> she while. wrote and published, I think, Sense and Sensibility and then was like, oh, look, that's successful. I'm going to write it. I'm going to pull Pride and Prejudice out now. Yeah. Like, man. And like, imagine, imagine she never if, like, pulled it out Imagine like there had been like a fire at their house or something. I know. And she was like, oh, I'm not going to bother rewriting that. Change the world. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it would. It really it would, would. alter history. Yeah. <laughs> It would. Dang. And that's why you can't give up. Yeah, it really is. So like, there's the point right there. Um, Another thing that I always like to remember is on the the crappy days when you just hate everything that you're writing and you're like, oh my gosh, this is not, I'm I'm bad at this. Why, Why am I still doing this? Even though I like it, I just think I'm not good enough at it. Okay, first of all, not true because practice makes subjective version of perfect right. and and it helps you to improve okay time practice will a pra- pra- practice will allow you to operate at your best and at your highest potential i think yeah. would be yes. like the the most uh like if you want to get real like you know what you were saying right. perfection is subjective but it will help you to eventually operate at the best you can possibly operate. Yeah, exactly. So if you always show up and do your best, that best always changes. So every time you show up and do your best, Mm -hmm. your best is getting better and better and better. And then a year from now, it won't even look like it does today because you'll still be persevering, showing up, doing your best, and your best will have improved so much. However, if you're writing is not as great as it was yesterday. You're having a bad day, whatever. You're having a bad week. You're writing stuff and you're like, I don't like the way any of this sounds. Something that's helped me a lot personally is to tell myself as sort of like a little mantra, my writing is either great or it is making me great. So there is no bad writing, okay? I think that's one of the negative thoughts, negative patterns that needs to go as far as negative voices in your mind, like self-criticism is, oh, this is bad, bad writing. I have good writing and then sometimes bad writing. It It doesn't have to be that way. You could look at it as I have good days and then I have days where I am practicing and I'm learning and I'm improving because with every single word you write, you are improving as a writer. It's just like a given. Yeah. And I think, too, like we've talked about this before, and me and you have had long conversations about it, that look at it more as like an art that you are practicing. And there isn't necessarily like good, bad. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, it is what it is. And I think 
we've learned a lot about that from like martial arts. I mean, you will practice a kata hundreds and thousands and thousands of times, and it won't be mastered. It won't be at this place of perfection necessarily. It can take years to get there. And it's not even about achieving that. It's about who is this making me become from practicing it and what is being enriched in me from participating in this art. And I think that our writing can benefit from looking at it from more of that standpoint Mm -hmm. instead of trying to achieve a certain point. Yeah. Trying to achieve a certain plateau of, oh, now I'm happy. Right. I think we have to learn to be happy now with just the fact that we are able to participate and able to practice it. Because really, and this can be kind of a liberating thought that's helped me a lot, (laughs) is it doesn't really matter. Like when I have a bad day of writing, you know what? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I... There are so many things going on in the world and so many people who aren't even able to work on chasing a dream that they have. So if you are someone who is able to sit down and write a book because you wanted to, take a moment to just be grateful for that. Even if it's like, oh, you know, I think this is crap. I want to rip it up and throw it away. Well, take a moment to be grateful that you're able to even be sitting here doing this. You know what I mean? And if you had a bad day, it doesn't matter. Like you always say, will it matter a year from now? Yeah. And the thing is, think about a bad writing day you had one year ago. You probably will not even be able to remember it. Like I can't remember any. I know I've had them, but I don't remember any specific ones. So they don't matter that much. You know what I mean? But yet the great writing days I've had where it's just been pure magic and euphoria, I remember as vividly as if it was yesterday. Mm. So I think give less emphasis to when you feel down. Give it less power. Diffuse it of its power. Um, Let them kind of fade into the background. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's that's very well said. And come at it from a place of gratitude where you're just happy you get to do this. Yeah. Remember how amazingly cool it is to even be a writer and to be able to practice this incredible art. Remember that you're not alone when you feel like giving up, okay? A lot of writers have felt this way. Remember that somebody needs your story out there. Lots of people need your story. Your people are out there and they need what they need to hear what you have to say. Remember that your writing is either great or it's making you great. There is no bad writing. There are no bad days. Great or it's making you great. And last but not least, for sure, remember why it matters to you. So that's it. Boom. The end. (laughs) Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully it gave you some motivation. If it did, smash that like button to let us know. If you haven't seen the YouTube version of this podcast, the video version, head on over to Kate's YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash K-A Emmons. And drop us a comment. Also give us a nice rating on the podcast platforms. If you get value out of listening to this show, 
consider supporting us at patreon.com slash the Kate and Abby show. We love and appreciate every single one of our patrons. And we thank you guys so much for keeping this show alive and free of interruptions. Until next week, stay stoked and rock on. 